hopefully you still have your Bibles open to chapter 3. We're going to look at this passage and another passage in Titus, Titus 1. Shortly, we'll look at that. Um, and if you were with us last week, we talked about what well, we ended chapter 12, right? By God's good grace and His mercy, we ended 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and everyone said, that sounds like we labored through that. I'll take that. Uh, we did in that, and, and we, as, as a church, you know, we want to work through Scripture. We want to end one passage and continue on the next. And so instead of going straight on to chapter 13, I thought it would be wise to take a moment here uh, and interject maybe uh, at least two messages. Today I'll talk about elders, and maybe uh, next Sunday, Lord willing, we'll talk about deacons and deaconesses and why that's so important. You know, we've, we've come out of chapter 12, and we've seen how God has laid the foundation for the church, how it's very important to him. We've seen that, you know, God the Father says, listen to my son, right? Hear him, exclamation point, right? Hear him, listen to him. The Spirit says, as Jesus reveals, it says the Spirit will not do of his own work, but he will glorify the Son, right? God the, God the Holy Spirit is going to focus on Christ, and of course, Christ says, look, if, if you have not drank, and these are the verses I used last Sunday, if you haven't drank, is that the right tense, past tense, of my blood, right, and, and if, is eaten a correct word? Is that even correct? Ate, I guess, of my flesh. Uh, you have no part in me, right? So, so Jesus is pro proclaiming, look, you have to know who I am. And what is he talking about? That it, the cross, he's talking about atonement. And so as we look at these gifts and as, as we look at how the Lord has is, is gifted the church and what he desires the church to be, whether it's indoors or outdoors, um, we want to make sure from the leadership on down that we're being obedient to God's word. So I wanted to take a message today and just look at what, what is the biblical qualification? What are, what, what are elders to do? Uh, how do elders function? What's their role? What, what's the whole uh, deal with that. And so this is why I read the, the passage we did in 1 Timothy 3. Uh, we see the qualifications for elders. So as we get into this passage and um, look at this one, of course, I'm going to look at Titus 1, if you're familiar with that, they, where Paul gives these, these wonderful instructions. He says, hey, right, church, this is who you should be looking for. And so by way of kind of introduction to this, <clears throat> I want to point out that the Bible uses three different terms, and they're really it's the same office. We see terms such as bishop or overseer. Uh, we see elder. We see pastor in, in Scripture. And even though those are three different Greek terms that are used here, really the, the, the emphasis is focused on an office, right? A pastor is an elder. An elder is a pastor, right? We begin to think that way. Now, we, we separate those things out. Am I, am I loud? Am I on? I feel like I'm really yelling inside here. I don't know why. That, anyway, I'm just fired up. That's what it is, I guess. Um, you know, as a church, we separate and we understand, you know, full-time ministry. We'll say that's a pastor, right? And, and he's, he's given to that task. And elders are typically like lay, right? Lay elders or lay pastors. But the Bible treats them all the same. They, they hold the same office. And that's very important to understand because you'll come across Scripture, and we'll see examples here in a moment. Uh, well, you'll see these words interchange. And what, you know, what is a bishop? What is a pastor? What is an elder? Well, they're the same office, different terms the Bible is using really for the same uh, position. Uh, Peter does this for us on purpose, I, I would imagine, by the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, he uses these three terms. We see the three terms in Scripture, uh, presbyteros, right, presbyter. We see uh, episkopos. And poimen, which is pastor and, of course, 
uh, Episcopos is, is overseer, and you'll see these words. Uh, Peter wonderfully in 1 Peter 5, 1 through 2, uses all three of these terms. Just so you know, I'm not making this up. I'll read this passage. Peter says this, 1 Peter 5, 1 and 2, the elders, right? Um, here, here's that, our elder word, a Greek term. He says, who are among you, I exhort, uh, I who am a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ and also a partaker of the glory that will be revealed. Then he says, shepherd, right? That's the word for pastor. Shepherd the flock of God, which is among you, serving as overseers, right? There's our third term, not by compulsion, but willingly, not for dishonest gain, but eagerly. So by way of introduction, we're going to use these terms elder, and just so you understand it biblically, even though as a church we'll say someone on staff who's paid by the church might have that title pastor, what are we saying of pastors and elders? They're going to be doing the same things, right? One is going to give more time to it, which would be me, right, as being the pastor. So it's important to understand that as we come to this, uh, we realize that um, elders, overseers, shepherds, we're talking about the same uh, office, the same ministry. So going into my first point, and I, I hopefully if you have an outline, you're, you're, uh, some has them, somebody has them, you can hand those out. I went ahead since we don't have the overhead to, uh, or the screen rather, overhead. Wow, that's dating. Uh, uh, the screen for um, the fill-ins, I just went in and filled them in. But my first point is this. Uh, what do we need to know? And I just picked out three things that we need to know about elders. And of course, we could spend a few, few Sundays on this. My, my desire is just to cover it here uh, unless we, uh, we believe we need to go and dig into it deeper. But the first one is, is the biblical elders call. At the very beginning of 1 Timothy chapter uh, 3, verse 1, Paul says this, this is a faithful saying, if a man desires the position of a bishop, he desires a good work. At the very beginning of someone who's stepping into this office of ministry, there has to be what I, I like to say a calling. There has to be a desire. There has to be a stirring by the Heavenly Father for this, this, this work. Right? This is uh, not easy. We'll talk about the role of an elder. There's things uh, that you're, you're, you get involved with in ministry where you go, you know, I can think of a thousand other places I would rather be uh, than, than dealing with this, but this is where we're at. And, and just as there's a call on a pastor's life, our elders need to have a sense of, of a desire, right? A calling to this ministry, a place where they come and say, you know what, I, I, uh, I have a desire to serve this way, to come to to uh, the church and to serve my brothers and sisters in Christ um, with this calling. So we come to this and, and we see this, this element of, of desire. And I do want to point out, and I might say this a few times, and you know, here in a moment we'll go through the qualifications for elders. And I, and I know uh, some of you might say, well, this isn't me. I'm going to turn my, my mind off. I'm going to check out. I want you to know men, number one, um, all these qualifications are for you, every single one of them, right? As, as these are listed, we don't say, well, the elders need this. I don't need this. No, this is what it means to be a godly man. It's qualified, right? It's for every man. Here's the standard, okay? Except for maybe able to teach. That would be something we would say there's, there's part of the ministry application of an elder. Uh, but ultimately, all these qualifications are for each and every one of us as men, 
Second thing that I want to point out, and, and I, I do have this in my notes under the second point, but I'm going to say it here, is uh, there's no um, disrespect when it comes to the sexes, right? We, we, Paul is speaking to men. He's not saying men are better, right, and women are not. Paul is saying that this is a task given to men, and men need to rise up and lead in this way. And as we look at these qualifications, there's nowhere in here it says they lorded over them. Right, so I'll have that scripture. I read it last week. I'm going to read it today as, as Christ's example. Christ came to serve, right? Not to be served. He tells his, his apostles, his disciples, you know, don't, uh, this is how you're to do it. You're to serve. Jesus himself got down on his hands and knees and washed his apostles, disciples' feet, right? That's the model of scripture. So when we come to this and we hear this calling and, 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 uh, uh, there's no drive as a man to say, you know what, there's one guy on top, right? We're going to talk about the plurality element of this as well. But I just want to interject that. Um, the biblical model here is that it's placed upon men. God himself it says, this is upon you to step up and to lead. And that leading is really service, right? It takes humility. It takes maturity. It takes understanding. So uh, Paul says this, right? He who desires right? Then the word here simply means to strive, to attain. There's something more on this, right? There's, there's purpose behind this. And ultimately, this is why I get to this word calling, right? There's a God stirring in my heart where I want to serve in this way. And that might sound at the beginning a little bit, well, yeah, great. Uh, but as we get to the role of an elder, it makes more sense, right? As I mentioned a little bit earlier. So we see that there is a God driven desire to fulfill this office. I think in the church, sometimes we just say, you know what, I've talked about this. We just need some bodies in there. So let's grab someone and throw them in there, right? This is a round hole. I know you're a square peg, but in Jesus name, I'm going to get you in there, right? Sometimes the church, you know, I'll just get a bigger hammer, right? It's going to sting a little, right? And my dad would always say, just walk it off or, or, you know, it'll feel better when it gets hurting, you know, that kind of thing. We'll get you in there. This is, this is not one to be done with elders, nor should it be done in any area of ministry. Uh, but we see this, uh, the desire, right? I think it's important that, that as we approach this, we, we don't simply say, well, uh, you know what? If we give them the title elder, they'll start elding, Right? <laughs> That's like saying, we'll give someone the, you know, the title pastor, then they'll change, and then they'll do it. So we, we, don't want, we don't want to be there. That's not Paul's intent at all. He simply says, yeah, let's come and, and see their heart. Is there a calling? Is there a genuine desire on their life to serve this way? You know, so we look to examples of Scripture. How did the early church do this? Right? Acts 14, 21 to 23, and it says, And when they had preached the gospel to the city, um, to that city, and made many disciples, they returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch, strengthening the souls of the disciples, exhorting them to continue in the faith, and saying, We must, through many tribulations, enter the kingdom of God. So when they had appointed elders in every church and prayed with fasting, they commended them to the Lord in whom they had believed. So here's, here's the participation element of every Christian in the body of Christ. You are to pray, right? And even with fasting, we come and we see uh, those who are desiring this call, who have a calling and a, a stirring in their hearts. They may not have it all worked out. They just say, you know, I believe the Lord is stirring me to serve in this capacity. 
Well, then the next step of the church is to simply let's pray. Let's pray. Maybe we can take some time and fast because it's vitally important, the elders and the leaders we put into place in the church, everything rises and falls in leadership. So prayer and fasting, right? So that's, that's what it is. Elders are not chosen based on their ability to manage. They're not based on their ability to, to uh, have the right skill set in the workplace, right? We shouldn't look at all these things and go, well, they, they do these things out in the workplace really well. You know what? That, that guy would do a good job elding. That's, that's not what Paul is saying. If you have a desire, there's a stirring, and you may not say, hey, I'm not ready to serve now, but this is a projected thing. In a few years, I might be ready. I want to start working that direction. Then you and I need to start meeting, right? Because this is something God is doing in your life. Let's, let's pray about it, and we'll go through the qualifications. We'll go through these things and see if, if it is the Lord, if what the Lord is stirring you to do or leading you to do. I think this is vitally important. I, you know, reading through this and studying on this, I, I came across this a book called Dining with the Devils by Oz Guinness. And he writes about a moment uh, back in the 80s with the church growth movement and, and how they were, they were collecting members and getting members in the church. And he, he ran into this, I believe it was a Japanese man. And the Japanese man made this, this statement. He said, you know, when I, when I meet new people, whether it's a, if I meet a Buddhist, he goes, I, I'm quickly led to, to this understanding that I've met a holy man. And then he says, when I, when I meet a Christian leader, I, I quickly learn that I've just simply met a manager. And he's writing about this, and he's talking about how the church has gone secular, right? And that's kind of in the context of his quote. But I think it's very interesting because today we kind of go about it the same thing. We, we look at what is the person uh, saying or how, what can they do? What skill sets do they have over here? And we say, what? There it is. But number one, there has to be a stirring. There has to be a stirring by God in your life to do these things. And that becomes much more, makes more sense as we unfold what the, what the elder is to do. So how do, we, how do we as a church go about that? That's the question. If it's a stirring, it's, a, it's a, uh, maybe a recognition, others see this in you, what should we be looking for? And there's uh, a few things that I think we should be seeing in, in an elder. Uh, number one is, is church attendance, right? Are they here? Are they vested? And we have a, a meeting. Are they here saying, yeah, I want to know what's going on in our community. I want to know what's going on in my church. I want to hear what's happening. The second thing we can, we can uh, notice in an elder is they're most likely already kind of doing some of these things. They're, they're, they're kind of elding, right? I don't know if that's a word, but um, they're kind of doing that. You've, you've come across someone who's, who says, you know, I have, I'm going through something and that response is, hey, here's what scripture says. Let's Let's get together. I'll be praying for you. Those types of things, that pastoral care, does that kick in? I think that's important. I think some of those things reveal themselves. I think they show 